When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back in the perch here at training camp. I got Craig Wolfley to my right. I got Bob Labriola to my left. CJ Garden, Garden the blind side back there. That's right. Up here in the booth. And we were just talking off air and kind of want to bring that on air. Yes. You know, Labs, you know, we talked it's about old. this. Yeah. <laughs> well. Hey, you're in good in company, yeah. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> As we noticed, the fresh fresh mark there up top. Oh, yeah, I know. Incident. Um, you know, the problem is you when you're bald, every time you bang your head, something happens. Yeah. You know, you can see it. If you got a head of hair, like Labs, you got hair, Max, you got hair. But me, I got no hair. So if you whack your head like I do because, you know, you lead with your head, you, that's just the yeah. way it was. You know, yeah. you got all these nicks and cuts and – you don't need to lead with your head anymore, though. You, you don't. Well, old the, habits are hard to shake. Door jam is undefeated. Yeah. yeah l- listen. But I've given it a good run. L- listen, D- if Dion has hair, you can get hair. Okay? Just say it. It, Don't let that be an excuse. Oh, I don't have hair. You can go get some. You can go get some, as they've proven. Uh, oh, um, man. But, but Labs, um, you know, one of the things that we were talking about and, you know, and Wolf and I kind of hit on was that 52 new faces in here. Have you seen or can think of a year, recent memory, where a similar type of turnover has happened for the Steelers at this point in training camp? Well, not so much in terms of number of new faces. Uh, But for me, um, the reestablishing the mindset training camp, that's what Bill Cowher called it. Max, you you, – I was a part of that. You were a part of that. (laughs) Uh, Unknowingly. Because, it, well, yeah. 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 Uh, You're in the middle it, of it. It went from, you know, the, uh, what I referred to uh, as the era of the Tommy Maddox mistake. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, 2004, it was going back to playing what at the time was known as Steelers football. And um, it was physical. I remember Ken Wisenhunt telling me because uh, goal line. You know, my, uh, Mike Tomlin does, you know, backs on backers seven or seven shots. Yeah. Bill Cower did goal line. Yes. And there were there were a few segments or uh, sessions of that over the course of a training camp. And I remember this. It, Ken Wisenhunt called 14 straight running plays in goal line. I remember that. And I oh, said yes. to him, you know, why are you, you know, why are you doing it like this? I said, you, you know, could throw the ball, too. You know, because right. a lot of those plays were unsuccessful. Uh, and he said, look, he said, it's more important that I get across to our team that when we're down here, we want to be able to be physical enough to run the football. He said, that's more important to me than scoring a touchdown on a play-action pass in a goal line drill in early August. You know, 
reestablishing the mindset. Yes. And that was um, – so, yeah, that was uh, a, a training camp that, you know, to me, I, I, I really believed, you know, that the Steelers had lost their way a little bit, especially during the 2003 season. Um, uh, and 2002, it started going down that path. Uh, too much – uh, high wire offense uh, with a quarterback who was not uh, known for protecting the football necessarily. I mean, Tommy Maddox would turn it over, fumbles, mm-hmm. interceptions, um, and I just didn't think, you know, that that was really kind of conducive to. It didn't help the defense any, and uh, so you know, um, Dick LeBeau came back. Uh, uh, Ken Wisenhut became the offensive coordinator. You know, Russ Grimm. I mean, it, it, it just yeah. kind of became uh, something that I was more used to seeing anyway. Uh, and at that time, you know, you don't know whether it's the right thing, is it going to work or not, but it ended up, you know, working out pretty well. And then that was also the summer of number seven, who I still remember. Okay. Second field over there? Yes. Yep. Okay, the far sideline. Okay. It was a Saturday practice, and I was standing there with Tunch. And we're just watching. And it was 11 on 11, uh, no live tackling because Mike Tomlin wasn't here yet. But it was still 11 on 11. And um, Ben was the quarterback, and he got flushed out a little bit. And so he's running. He's sprinting right towards us. Oh, boy. <laughs> and without stopping, he just kind of, like, turned his torso. And he he threw about a 30-yard rope because he was outside the hash marks. Oh, I remember mm-hmm. you talking about this. Yeah. And uh, to, to Zamir Cobb. Remember? Yeah, Zamir. Zamir Cobb, who made, <laughs> the, made the team that year uh, because the way it worked then was um, – you know, third strings work with third strings and, you know, that kind of thing. So Zamir yeah. Cobb, through a lot of the early part of training camp, he was with Ben all the time. So yeah. um, Zamir Cobb, uh, I, you know, I don't mean to disparage him in any way. He wasn't really special. Right. But what he did do was when Ben stuck it between the one and the nine, yes. which is the, his jersey number, yeah. he didn't drop it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and there's something yeah. to be said for that. Oh, and no doubt. He hit Zamir Cobb about 30 yards downfield, closer to the over the middle. So it was throwing it back across his body a little bit. And as I said, he didn't slow down or stop or, you know, plant or any of that stuff. It was all, you know, upper body strength and arm strength. And, you know, my eyes got big, and Tunch just looked at me, and he goes, Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. you know, cause That's Tunch a good Hindu. Uh, Tunch's last season was in Green Bay. Yes. With Favre. Yes. And so, you know, he spoke from experience, personal experience. And, uh, yeah, it was – I was like, wow. You know, I don't, that is cool. I, I don't know a whole lot about evaluating stuff uh, necessarily. Yeah. I don't pretend to be a scout. But, I mean <laughs> – when I see something like that, I, you yeah. know you don't see that all that often. <laughs> in you your know. face. Right. <laughs> you saw it live, up close, yeah. and personal. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know the other thing it tells you about it? When a young guy is breaking the rules, throwing back across his body, which basically that's a, that's a bozo no-no. Yeah. I mean, every, you hear it from all the coaches. Oh. But it, the great ones 
are the ones that can make those those plays that break the rules. You know, yeah. whether it, whether it's a Brett Favre, whether it's a Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick who, by Mahomes, the way, right? yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you know, doing it now. Exactly. So um, there's no doubt about it. And I, I, I look at that and you think that that was the birth of something special. 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Just incredible. And, you know, we were you were guys were talking about the change um, that has taken place during this offseason. You know, I, I really, you know, this offseason in terms of numerical um, additions and subtractions, it's a good number. But to me, I mean, this has been a process uh, for a couple of years, this rebuilding or retooling or reconstruct, whatever you want to call it. And one of the significant things that this team really had to learn and get over and, and move past was no more number seven. Right, correct. I mean, yeah. and I don't, you know, again, when you're you're doing it this long with this guy, you know, in the fourth quarter starting last year, there was no number seven. You know, and I don't, you know, he didn't come through every single time. But it happened enough times where, hey, Max, you were in a lot of those huddles. You had yeah. to think, oh, he'll do something and pull us out of this. Yeah. But now all of a sudden you're in that huddle and you're looking around and there's no number seven. And I, I don't mean it to disparage Kenny Pickett or any of but there's a difference. Yes. You know, just the command, the, um, just the way that it, I don't know, I would imagine the way that it feels. Yeah. You know, in that huddle at uh, uh, Raymond James Stadium, uh, February whatever it was, 2009, anybody who was there in that huddle or – uh, watched that game or sat in the press box for that game, um, you know, number seven takes you down the field, sticks it, uh, one perfect pass that San Antonio Holmes didn't right. hold on to, comes right back and throws it. I swear that the window with all those Cardinals' hands was probably oh, it's ridiculous. A, a, a eight and a half by 11 piece yeah. of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Picture Matter of friend. fact, the fat guy special at Sharky's was, is bigger than the window. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to wait until you actually <laughs> lay eyes on it and, have, yeah. and do battle with it. Well, and I, th- I think, like you said, Labs, I mean, being in that huddle, you know, I remember right before we went on the field, I, re- I remember yelling to the offensive line after we got the safety, right? I was like, we're built for this. This is what we're built for. And that trust and that statement meant I know who's back there throwing the ball. I know who's I know who's going to be protecting. I know who's going to be on the field, and we're going to make it happen because we've done it already. We've done it throughout the season to get to this point through hell, high water, and bad ratings or whatever. You know, if, we, if you read rankings during that season, well, I'm sure right. we weren't at the top the, of that list. Yeah, the offensive line, well, the, the badgering exactly. you guys well, took. And then still, the, that's, you know, this is one of the great Ben moments to me, too, on the podium. Yeah. All right, welcome back, everybody. Again, we got a little gremlins firing off here. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, Max, I told you, don't touch the buttons. You like playing with <laughs> buttons. <laughs> they blink. What do you want me to do? <laughs> they blink. I see shiny objects. You can't, you can't help but be enamored with it. What are you going to do exactly so? Well, here we are back at Chuck Nolfield up at St. Vincent College overlooking the football fields here. And I want to thank Lab, Bob Labriola, who was wonderful to drop in. And I hope, Labs, you will feel like you can drop in any time. And I appreciate that so very much. 
Um, yeah. and, and thank you for your time this morning, my friend. Yes, thank what, you for that, Labs, and the fat guy special as well. Yeah, well, exactly. So we'll get, we'll get a report on that. <laughs> All right, now, one of the things that Lab hit on that I really, you know, one of the, my notes, I'm actually, I actually got it written. It says, I'm hoping for a return to a fist-in-your-face type football. Yes. Now, this is, to me, this is really the essence of what we want to do. The, the physicality, sometimes I think, you know, you get too caught up in uh, extraneous stuff that looks good on paper, the X's and O's. You know, you can, as the coaches always used to like to say, the guy with the chalk last is the guy who wins, you know, yes. when you're drawing stuff up and, and then, you know, the checks and, the, you know, everything that goes with it. But, Max, it's about basic football, physical basic football. Well, it, it, it's, it's making sure that you keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is offensively staying on the field, finishing off those drives, yes, and putting points on the board. And then defensively, it's getting off the field <laughs> yes. and preventing points on the board. And that's the basic ethos that the Steelers' mantra was for so long, right? It was, yes. we're going to turn the ball over, put it back in our offense's hand, the offense is going to score points so that we can win. And that's what every football team is trying to figure out. But for the Steelers, there was a certain approach that we took to it. And so it's establishing the run game. Yes. It's using the passing game as a tool to complement that. And then we get into the, to the fun nuances and slinging the ball around and George mm -hmm. Pickens making some type of circus catch. But it starts, it starts with Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris in the backfield and going from there. And then now letting your playbook kind of rebirth out of that. And then defensively, it's hitting the quarterback early, yes. often, and frequently. And that's what's something that I'm sure Mike Tomlin coming into this, that's the mindset here. It's what are you going to do this year? Now you have year two Kenny Pickett, yep. you know, Matt Canada. What are you going to do? Terrell Austin, we gave you some shiny new toys on the edge and in the inside. We need to make this more Steelers, like you said, fist-in-your-face style. And I think the secondary, we definitely got some fist-in-the-face type of guys. <laughs> we got, yeah, I mean, first of all, we got Crazy Casey coming back. Dominic, I, right. I, you got to love that guy. You oh, got to love his playing gotta, style. I mean, it, it is, is – and he's not – and here's the thing. When we're talking about DeMonte Casey, he's not a big guy. No. He is, he is a he is a – He's a normal-sized human being. I guess right. for us, he's little. Right. You know, in the land of the giants, right? Yes, you know, right, right. He, he's, he's not there. But what he brings attitude-wise and – He's an all-in guy. He is facing the fan. Yeah. And he wants to count the blades. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's where he is. And so you add that with a Keanu Neal. You add that with a Patrick Peterson, a Joey Porter Jr. Now, these new Ooh. guys that are, in, that are getting indoctrinated into – the Steelers' way of secondary play because we know what we know what Minka Fitzpatrick can do. There's no doubt, right? Yes, and we know what we have with Levi Wallace. But those new guys coming in, when we talked about a lot of those new faces coming, that, those are the new faces that have to now bring that attitude and bring that type of enforcer mentality to the to the air aspect of the game. Right. You know, one of the things that I one of the guys that I miss most. Just starting the season off is Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something about Terrell Edmonds that he was just that guy that, that was standing in the gap, boy, consistent, always available. I mean, tremendously durable. And uh, the fact that, you know, they went out and uh, you, you got Minka lined up and got DeMonte, and then you got Keanu Neal. And, you know, it, 
it, time moves on. You yes. know what I mean? Uh, it's it's unfortunate that you know you couldn't stick with uh, keep Terrell coming back, but you know that's the nature of the beast. We got some turnover, and I I was looking at Cam and I'm going, you know, he's got a lot of size for a guy back there. Yeah, I mean, you know, for an eight year guy, and still clicking off a sub four six, um, that guy can, you know, he's one of those hybrid possible hybrid type guys when you start matchup problems. Well, and we saw this last year, and. I'm not going to put too much emphasis on it. We'll, we'll mention it now just so in case there's non-Steeler faithful listening in on our airwaves. Oh, uh-oh. But we the, got a disinformation. That's what we need right it, now. Exactly. The three-safety look. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, that presents a very precarious situation for a lot of offenses when you see that many safeties on the field that also still have coverage capabilities. Yes. You don't know what's coming at you. You don't know if it's blitz. You don't know if it's uh, cloud coverage. Right. What is it going to be? You know, just a little Tasmanian devil tornado, and then something just fires out of that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I like that. You know, I mean, you think about the possibilities there. And then, of course, you know, you've got Chandon Sullivan coming along. Of course, you've got Joey Porter. Um, Because I don't know we've got to keep saying junior all the time. Everybody knows. Little peasy. Little peasy. Okay. Yeah, little peasy. Little peasy. I'm excited about seeing what this young man can do. I know there's a lot of pressure for him to perform, come out and be the excellent ball player that, uh, you know, that he can be. But if he can lock down, if he can play press, if he can run with guys, you know, that wingspan of his, I mean, he's got the wingspan of a seven-footer. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud. Heavy as the crown. Heavy as a, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, when you when you ex- when you put yourself at the draft, that you accept the possibility that one out of the 32 teams could be the team that my dad right. – well, actually, funny enough, his dad played for three teams. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> So the odds know, are reduced a little bit. Reduced but, a little bit, but to come here of all teams and to have that name on the back of your jersey is a special thing, but it's also a special burden that's placed upon you. True. When you have the personality, the skill set, and the leadership that Joey Porter displayed when he played here. Yep. Yeah, a lot of eyeballs. But I think he's a kid that grew up here. He grew up through those years that Lab talked about, the attitude readjustment years, um, you know, for the Steelers. So he has a unique perspective. Unlike anybody else on this field that's wearing a jersey, he's seen it. Yeah. Right? He knows – who those, those legends he calls uncles. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you're now getting to put your name, put your hand in the pile and contribute to that legacy. And, you know, seeing Lil Peasy, he's one that looks like he embraces it. Yes. He embraces it. Now, he, now he's also admitted, I'm not my dad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm more like my mom. Yeah. But, you know, Christy is still, <laughs> still, still a fierce. force in and of herself. <laughs> a force to be reckoned with. So, yeah, it's just she does it with a smile, whereas, you know, Peasy did it with some greased-up abs and, uh, and a fist in your and, face. And a fist in your face. So it's going to be interesting to see it as he matures and as he goes through this camp and starts to figure out his way and his piece in this, quote-unquote, 111th of the defense. Very, very much so. You know, and I, I didn't mean to get so deep in the weeds with Peasy, but since we're here – you know, and I'm and frankly, that's what the whole show is about. We don't really have a uh, a rolling mandate about what we're doing. We just kind of keep rolling through it. So when we I talk, have notes and papers, exactly, but we have but, thoughts too. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we have fractured thoughts yeah, exactly. that roll around in our gourds. One of the things I'm really interested in watching is what his ability to run with guys 
and his ability to be able to use that wingspan to his advantage because just in the jam alone, when you can jam with a wingspan like he is at the line of scrimmage, it gives you time to be able to move your feet and turn your hips when as you want to. If you're jammed in close, it's very hard to create an, you know, that separation that gives you time as a defender to be able to alter your footwork and, and turn your hips. But if you can, with that long wingspan, jam a guy, uh, you know, when, when he's coming out of the huddle practically. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, that gives you, as, as a defender, that ability, that extra time and space to be able to create the proper footwork, be it shuffle or, or just turning your hips and running. Well, you think about this. His press man, he could be three yards off the ball. <laughs> With that wingspan, that's, right? That's right. That's so wait right. a second. He's play, he, oh, he's playing zone. No, he's not. His arms are just that is long. Is he on zone? Is he playing zone <laughs> or is he playing press man? fantastic right there. That's fantastic four. But, but think about this also. He's going to get some very elite and some great reps in practice to simulate game situations because you've got a George Pickens. Yes, and George is going to test him because that's what the rest of the AFC North looks like. And then you also have an Allen Robinson, right, the savvy vet who's seen it all, done it all, that you can kind of craft your skill. So he's going to get a chance to sharpen his skill set here in camp with quote-unquote lifestyle plays yes. because that's what he's going to be asked to defend when he goes up against Cincinnati. Yep. So he's asked to, to defend when he goes up against Cleveland, right, and the rest of this gauntlet of a schedule, he's getting those opportunities to really – Work, research, and develop, as we call it, right? Yes. Get to go back, watch films, see what he did, learn day-to-day, and really get himself ready for the season. So it's great. Uh-oh, yes? We have sun. The sun is out. Yes, Tunch, we're listening. <laughs> Hello. 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 Chalooch he, just checked in to say tra- training camp here. He liked what here. we said. He liked what we said. That's yeah, what it was. It was, it was a bright spot in the program. He smiled. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. You know, again, the, the significance of having that guy, especially because you lose Cam Sutton. You yeah. know, it, you got Patrick Peterson who, by golly, if there's a better mentor available uh, in the league, I don't know him. No. You no, know? Because he's, he, he's on our squad now. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's nowhere else. Yeah. He's 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 not a, he's not he's not a consultant for another team. No, exactly. He's our, he's our exclusive content guy. And that content, I think, in a situation like this where you are up at training camp, you are sitting and eating with the guys in your room, you are hanging out in the dorms, you are hanging out in the locker room, you are learning information by just watching a pro like Pat Peterson conduct himself seeing what it looks like to be that guy in the room that points out, you know, the coach says, just whatever he does, you do. And then being able to pick the brains of a guy like Pat Peterson to be able to Uh learn, that's a wealth of information. That's overflow. And for for a guy like Joey Porter Jr., for little peasy, as as you like to call him, that is a great growth process here that can be accelerated by the time, with all the time you're spending with a guy like that. Yeah, and and it's going to be very informational. You know, I remember last year, um, when Minka was out of practice, remember? And he would sit towards, like, the end of the end zone, like yes. the back end of the place, and right. he would just sit there and scan. Yes. And he was just looking at, and guys were then coming over, right? And Ike Taylor's sitting back there. Ike and Minka are having a conversation. Then Cam will come over, ask some questions. Right. And to have, like you said, it's literally like having an encyclopedia of football back there. It is. So if you have a Minka and a Pat P sitting back there, I mean, you've got the Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> right, all seven volumes. You know, and it wasn't a book salesman that brought no. them to you. 
Because, you know, you usually lose a, se- a segment or two. Like, oh, man, where's that ST to SV? Ah, <laughs> I missed that book. <laughs> yes. You have the whole set there. And I think for any, for any young player, like even for me, like I had a Barrett Brooks. Yes. That, that, that was my mentor when I first came in. And I knew that I could go ask BB anything. Right? I was, hey, BB. What, what, and, and BB sat with me, watched film with me taught me how to be a pro, how you have your notebook here. He's the one that sat down and showed me how to write notes, right. how to evaluate. And when you have that in a room, that wealth of knowledge, you can't help but tap into it. If you don't, that means you're, you're, you've got more work to do as, as understanding how to be a professional. Because if you can't recognize that type of game, right. you're going to have a tough, tough career moving forward. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. And that's what I think training camp is such a, a special time now. I don't care, you know, Last year it was at Acrisure Stadium. Or not last year, the Two year years before. Ago, yeah. um, you know, we were going through it, and it's just not the same. You know, it no. doesn't set – you know, it's about setting the tone, as Labs was talking about when he talked about Wizenhut running 14 plays in a row, goal line plays. By the way, it was counter 32 and counter 33. Was it really? Back to back. That's headache. That's yeah, headache, headache time, man. It was either red pulling or it was Kedrick pulling. Okay. Every single play. Oh, Kedrick, that – Yeah, remember Kedrick visit. Keeba Lee. Oh my nickname. goodness! Oh my God! Shrek! Shrek! Yes! <laughs> you get you get really cruel with that nickname, we, we Shrek. Were, but it we, did fit him it completely. Exactly like I mean, listen. Outside of the semi-Scottish accent, I mean, he was <laughs> right. He correct. was everything you wanted, and 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 we had some moments. I mean, Kedrick will live in infamy, and and. Well, famously on our side yes. as an offense. Yes. But the fight with him and Chris Hoke in practice. Oh, my goodness. That was by far one of the craziest fights. To this day, I've never seen a faster, more vicious fight in my life in football. Oh. It Ever. Was, it was a knockout. That yeah, was, it was. He knocked him out, woke him back up, then knocked him out again. It was, It was. yeah. I mean, Kedrick, I'll tell you one thing. He might have not been the best offensive lineman I've ever technique seen. Technique out the door. Yeah, technique out the door. But I guarantee you. He was when he got honked off. He was more than yeah. Was, there was a physicality there. Whew. You just you didn't want to be on the bad side of that guy. No, you didn't. And and I think that's that's also what you kind of try and envision, right? I mean, that's what we want to see. And I know Mike Tomlin doesn't want to see fights in practice or anything, right? But sometimes rule number six, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, but 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 every once in a while, you just need that. Well, that's you it know sets a tempo. I, there's a time honored tradition that always has been here that the alphas and betas got to find their place. You yes. know, you, you've got you to know. And I remember sitting up in that room in Bonaventure Hall, our offensive line room, and Raleigh Dodge, our, my, my offensive line coach, when Chuluch and I were rookies, he said, no, I just want you young bucks, because he had excused all the veterans. He said, I want you young bucks to understand one thing. You are going to be tested here. You know, there's going to be a physicality and a moment where you're going to be tested out on that field, and should you not stand up to that moment, you're not going to be here long. Yeah. I mean, and and I understand, you know, we're, it's not about promoting fighting, but there is a place for establishing who you are in the, you know, in the lineup, and that's part of part 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 and parcel. I'm getting uh, my all my P's yeah. mixed up, but that's part and parcel of who you are and what you're doing as you go along on the, uh, you know, on the your career well and i mean and even when i came in in my in my rookie year in 2004 russ Grimm, like russ was like listen i'm gonna i'm gonna teach you how to do it right it's up to you to do it and you have to understand that you're here to take somebody's job 
somebody will not be here because of you specifically. So what are you going to do to earn that respect, to earn that trust from the rest of the guys that you're taking a job, you know, that you're taking a job from and understand that everything matters. So don't waste a rep. Don't waste an opportunity. And in fact, we actually had a little club going on. I don't know if you knew this, but we actually had a Steelers fight club. Oh, I didn't know that. So offensive line was a badge of honor. Okay. You know, there was a shirt. If you got into a fight (laughs) and you won, you got a shirt. And it was a skull, and it had the uh, I like had the, that had the I three hypercycloids on top of it. it. wasn't officially licensed, so I can't really promote right. it. Right, so you can't. But, yeah. but there there was a Steelers Fight Club shirt, I, and I proudly have my Steelers Fight Club shirt still to this day, because I got into a fight with Clark. There you go. <laughs> speaking of speaking of, but uh, we we got into a fight because I mean because Clark, you know Clark and Peasy both love to jump off sides. Yeah, uh, you know it's one on one pass rush. No, they, I think they, they had a they, short they, wick. Yeah, they don't give a crap. So, so I, I took that personal. And so I grabbed Clark's face mask. Clark didn't like that I grabbed his face mask, so he grabbed my face mask. And then? And then, I mean, Well, you know, with the other hand, what are you going to do? It's time to punch. It's free. i got to find a place. has to find a job, right? Can't be unemployed. Nope, can't be unemployed. So, so I got, I'm holding with one. i got to do something with yeah, number two. Yeah, exactly. That's the haymaker. That's, yeah. that's the mommy-daddy button right there. So, so we went at it, and I mean, and, but, but – you know, and Cower did, did not like that. He wasn't a guy that wanted that, and he would start this period over. Yeah. We got too intense. But you have to do that. Every once in a while, you have to stand your ground and say, I'm not going to be the doormat. No. Exactly. I'm going to be the doorknob. People take advantage of <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be the doorknob. I'm going to slam it right in your face. <laughs> and, and you had to do that because all of these guys, like you said, when you have veterans on this squad, right, when you have a Cam Hayward and you're a young D lineman, you know, you have to prove yourself. And I had an Alan Fanica, a Jeff Hardings, yep. Marvell Smith, Kendall Simmons, Kedrick Vincent, Oliver Ross, Barry Pro- I had all of these guys, and I'm the youngest guy. Like, literally in the room when I came in, I was one of two unmarried guys on this squad. I am completely young, completely raw. And so how do I establish myself? How do I show, hey, this is why they drafted me, and this is why I deserve to be here? You have to go up. You have to go out there and you have to take it. There, yep. Nothing will be given. Like scholarship phases are over in life. Yep. So you have to be ready for that challenge. Well, there's no question about it, Max. I mean, you know, you you got steps. You if you're a doormat, you're not going to be here long. I mean, that's no. just the nature of the beast. Um, I remember, actually, it was right down on this field, right right over there. I, first day that the vets checked in, me and Steve Furness got in a whale of a fight. Twenty yeah. minutes into practice. And all this is uh, this hill that we're on. There was about five to eight thousand people on here. There was twenty thousand overall, but on this one hillside, and we got a standing ovation. I was like, "You're laughing about yeah. <laughs> these, these these Steelers fans are crazy." Well, you know, it, it, they it, love it though. It turns right? into it, the Coliseum, right? Yeah, it does. You play for the roar of the crowd. Yeah. Gladiators! Gladiators! <laughs> what you do here today will echo in eternity. Yeah, exactly, and that's what we are. We are the gladiators. Well, that's that's and, yes. And when the people descend upon this field, they want action. Yeah, they they they, they don't want to see two hand tag offs. No. They don't no. want to see. Oh, I'll get them next time. Point to hey, hey, I have that guy. Yeah. No, they want to see you go physically apply all the things that you've learned in these dormitory rooms in your free time. That's why. <laughs> that's why you don't really, you know. Well, they're getting acclimated. Yeah. 
We're going to activate. We're not going to see that. I, I don't want to say anymore. Until next Tuesday. Yeah. But Next Tuesday, yes. But, yeah, we, we, we'll lather you back up again for real live pads. But I wanted to whet the appetite. We're just wetting the appetite. That's the thing that's so hard about it right now. I mean, think about it. You and I are sitting here, and we're like, going, okay, we see the, the walkabout you know, in the morning. You come down here, and uh, got, wait a minute. there's got stocking caps on. Yeah, and there's, there's a guy that actually jogged four steps. I'm not sure that. Yeah, you and know, then he stopped. Look at that. Yeah. He stopped. He went three steps. Yeah. He stopped. He walked back. He realized he went too fast. Yeah, you just you can't do that, you no. know, until until practice because this is, you know, we got reps here. But the fact is, you know, the walkthrough is all part and parcel. The, the thing I will say about this and what's important is using this time period right now to be able to download the plays as fast as you can into your central nervous system because you know as well as I do, nothing happens until you know absolutely what you're doing. Absolutely, yeah. You can't you can't go forward if you don't know which side of, which side of the lines you need to be on. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's why they have the double yellow lines on the road when we're driving. Right. <laughs> make and sure you keep it separate. Make sure you follow tail lights, not headlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point by you. <laughs> so, so important this, safety tip. Let's reiterate yes, that exactly. Yes. Red lights on cars, good. White lights on cars, bad. <laughs> bad. Too bad. That's a bad it's one. It's bad. But, but that's what they're doing, right? They're trying to make sure that in this acclimation period, you're taking in as much information as possible and that you're understanding the base concept. Not the nuances because that's, that's when we get later into camp, right? Yes. But understand the base skeleton principle. Understand where I need to be and who I need to block yes. as an offensive lineman. Oh, boy. Yep. You know, because that, that's key and parcel. And that's what both of us know. Yes. And when you get to the other positions, make sure I know what my read is based off of where that linebacker is. And to understand this, Max, and, and point this out, the X's and O's that are in your playbook, you know what? They move. They do. <laughs> they the do. Snap, after the snap, hello, they oh, move. Whoa, whoa, wait a second. This 3-4 <laughs> is now a 4 down. How did that happen? You have to be Oops. able to react to those things, and I think that's what it is. This, and we talk about the different types of learners, right? Yep. You have the visual learner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the audible learner. Yes. Then you have the physical learner. Yes. This is the physical aspect. So if you're a physical learner, you should be taking this in. Yes. Audible learner, visual learner, that's what happens in the classroom. So you're going to get all three phases to figure out which one you are. Yes. <laughs> and when you get you your chance. You better use it. Yeah, you better use it and don't mess it up, especially as a young guy. Like, you only get so many opportunities where you can mess things up, but you have to be able to work through those because – your margin of error becomes a lot less yeah. at this point. Like, OTAs is fine. Honky-dory, everything's great. It's the honeymoon phase. Everything's fuzzy. There's a, there's a rainbow and a unicorn coming down it. There's a pot of gold at the end. Oh, it's great. But now that rainbow's gone. <laughs> now the humidity <laughs> sets in. Now oh. the anxiety sets in. And you have to be able to respond under pressure. This is your first stress test Yeah, is out here on these fields. And that's what guys are getting acclimated to, whereas before it was just – Hey, full pads after a run test. All right, next day. First thing in the morning, 8 a.m., we're on the do. Yep. And, and you better do on the do. And better know <laughs> where you line up. Better know all the, in, you know, yeah. the uh, ins and outs of what you do. And, here's, and that's the thing about it, Max, because, you know, when, when guys talk about playing fast, it, they're, not t- they're really talking about playing fast. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's you know, the, you got the uh, – Guys that overanalyze, you get paralyzed. Paralysis by analysis, you know, and you end up not doing nothing. You've got to be able to make sure, and you do this by repetition. 
over and over doing the repetition so that when the X's and O's move post-snap, that you are able to adjust on the fly. If you have to sit there and think about your responsibilities, you're in trouble. Yeah. It, it's too fast a game. Well, and, and so what, and what was great last week, so Marvell Smith and I were talking. And How's Marvell doing? Marvell's doing excellent, man. He man, is awesome. he was just always one of my favorite people. Such I a mean, great dude. I mean, Marvell and I talked. I mean, for hours. It, it was it was so great because, you know, when you look back on your career, you know, you have these fond moments, and we kind of shared some memories and stuff. Right. But one of the things I appreciate, and I, and I told Marvell this because you know, I mean, when you go to a funeral, you, you know, you realize really how fragile life is. Yes. And, you know, every day is not given. No. So. Never hesitate opportunity to give a guy his flowers. Yes. So I personally was like, Marvell, I just want to let you know this, you know, that you taught me how to be a better player. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, because Marvell, Marvell was also a type that Marvell, when he played, he was laser focused. He didn't nope. talk. He didn't say nothing to you. He would only get on you if something was bad. But one thing that I appreciated about Marvell was his notes – to this day, I have never seen a player more meticulous in really? his note-taking. And I know people think, well, you know, you think of Marvell, you're like, dude, it's like Darth Vader, right? You know, like he had, he had the black face mask before it was really popular, had the big neck roll, mm-hmm. and he had the big white gloves that was like taped, I felt like, to his forearm. Yes, you and know? he'd set up in that stance with yeah, his hands and he, positioned he, just Yeah, so. he'd get in there, and he, all you see is the fingers moving. Yeah. But what Marvell taught me was, was about note-taking, and – you know, I asked, I said, man, why did you take such – I mean, he would fill in an eight-and-a-half college-ruled, because this is a little bit wide-ruled, college-ruled paper, there was not a free space on the page. Wow. And it was the entire notebook. And so I asked him, and he's like, I wanted to make sure that I took enough notes that when it came to game time, all I had to do was react. Yeah. And that was one person that was – a visual learner. Yes. Right? He, ha- he had to write it out. He had to see it, write it so that he understood it. And when it came game time, all he had to do was react. Yes. And everybody has it now. I know we're in the advent of the tablet and you got to figure out how to, how to do this, copy, paste, and all this other stuff, notepad, you know, throw the keypad up so I can type some notes. No, we, we had notebooks, and that was something I appreciate. And that made me realize I need to take my notes better. And yeah. so that's what they're, they're learning. This is the physical application of it, but you have to know everything so that all you have to do on game time is react. Yes. Anticipate what they're going to do. Know what they're going to do before they do it and then lead them down the path. Know all the adjustments that come. With, you know, yeah. people, just a wall left and you're out there and your guy suddenly drops and all of a sudden there's, there's a guy scraping from outside. You still got responsibility. You know, it's not – it's, it's the, and you got to if you're if you're even two steps out of position, those guys are so fast they can take advantage of it. And you have to know that, and you should know that before the ball snap right. because you should see the safety rotation. Absolutely. So it's seeing everything, not just I know my assignment. I block the end, and yes. that's it as a tackle, right? I, I just got the end. Da, 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 da. That's what they think. No, I'm looking preset. I want to see safety rotation because that lets me know that guy has to drop. Yes. Because there's a gap in the defense. Except for your one corner fire every year that you missed, right? That was more so the Bruce Arians era. Let's not focus on negatives. Let's keep it on the positive. I, I, could, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help, I know, I I couldn't help but bring that up, my man. But you're absolutely right. Because 
you're going out there and you're you're accounting for every variable and invariably you're going to make a mistake here and there but like you said once annually that was my one and ba come in meetings on monday max are we good is that your one that's your is that, one are you counting that one <laughs> Okay, we're good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right? It ain't going to happen the rest and, of the year. It does not happen the rest of the year. But, um, but that's what you have to do, and that's what you have to know. And this is the opportunity to go through trial and error, but make sure the error is a lot less and more trials. But you have to know that, and that's what Marvell Smith taught me. And we talked about that and just how important that was because it made us as a unit, especially early on in Ben's career, Ben didn't call out the hots. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was on us to readjust, and then Ben was right. like, hey, this is not helping me as much. And then he kind of said, hey, I will do this now, you know, kind of like, hey, I'm ready to do this. Yep. But you guys just focus on doing the assignment. I'll make the hot adjustments. I'll make the side adjustments. I'll remic it for you. Before, it was Jeff and Alan that would make all the hot adjustments, and right. we had to adjust off. Or we give signals down to them, to them, for them to relay what was happening. But – we had to learn that, and that's what, something that Russ Grimm taught me. And it was, okay, guys, before we do it, identify the four shell. Before we get into the play, identify the four shell for me. Yep. And he'd draw it up, and we'd have to identify the four shell. He would move it around, still identify your four shell, until it became second nature that when, I st- when I'm walking to the line to get up, before I get into my stance, boom, I'm looking at my four shell, get into my stance, and then anything that happens off of that, I know what the adjustment is. There you go. Yeah. And that, see, th- those type of things, because now you're ahead of the game. Now you're not waiting until just heartbeats before the snap, and all of a sudden somebody makes a call for you, and then you've got to react to that call. Yeah. You already know. If you already know, and Chuck always used to say, understand what we're trying to do, you know, the 30,000-foot the, the, the level type thing. You know, if you've got motion, what does that motion do to the defense? You know, you've got to understand that, well, it, it's going to loosen up. It's going to tell you what it's banned. It's going to tell you zone. It's going to yeah. tell you, you know, what their adjustments are. And if you do enough of it and they can't react to it, it's going to be used to your advantage. You know what I mean? You're, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have a lot more motion if they can't check and, and, and be able to counter what you're doing. So the fact of the matter is the more you understand, and I, I believe that the best part is the note-taking, like you say. I have a notebook somewhere stashed in the house where – when we played the Chicago Bears and on a 14-lead C, I made a note to myself, a notation, don't look up at Singletary because he'll Jedi you. You know, he will, he will, he will literally yes. suck the information out of, your, out of your brain as you are, you know, trying to do it. And, and the fact is, that's how, how complete the note-taking was. You know yeah. I mean? Don't tip things off. I mean, that, that's just the way. That's how you become that complete pro, to be able to – you know, yeah. put things down in perspective to yourself that makes sense right then and now in little buzzwords that you know that, that, that catch you out on the field. So you're, you're armed for it. Yeah, and, and, and that's what it's all about. That's, what we're, that's why we're here. We're here to make sure that the things of the season don't become the things of the past in your history, right? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're here to add to it. You're not here to be a liability for the season. So, I mean, it, it's – this is a great opportunity. This is a precipice. We're on the front side of it. We're watching the very first practice of this new squad's taking the field, even though it is a walkthrough. And it is. Oh wait a minute, Wes! Don't whoa, whoa, you whoa. turn Don't that you down. Don't you touch that knob? You Don't t- you touch that knob? <laughs> you put it on low. It, it, we want a high comfort zone. We don't want a low comfort zone. Yeah. It's like the high red yeah, zone exactly. versus the low red zone. Wes, Come you were here. just walked into the studio here. I know. High atop 
uh, the press on. box here. Your and show's he's a, not till afternoon. That's okay? right. You're not touching that, buddy. <laughs> we are big, and we are we are, we are very. <laughs> We produce protect, a lot of heat. We're protective of our air conditioning. Yes, we are. The tailpipes need to breathe. <laughs> our, let's go to break, Max. we got to go to break, <laughs> folks. We'll be right back. We may or may not have a special guest. I'm, I'm trying to think if uh, – He did pop his head he in. He did, yeah, if we yeah. could. It would be really nice, so we're going to try to see if we can corral him in here. But we'll be back right after this. You are – well, you're not watching because if you were watching, you would see the walkthrough yeah. out on the fields, those poor guys. But it's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas live right here at training camp. Be back after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 